Do you consider yourself a high achiever? Smart, driven, highly successful? I am so excited to have you. My name is Julia Arndt and I'm the host of the Stress Podcast. I will help you develop your stress resilience the same way you've developed your workplace superpowers. Learn peak performance tools to thrive at work and in your personal life. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Stressed. I'm really excited to have a really special podcast interview guest in the show today. Diana, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. And um, we met last year in Costa Rica for a yoga teacher training and um, we talked a lot about you know, our coaching businesses and you focus on highly sensitive people. And I think it's a topic that um, a lot of people are curious about and maybe a lot of people don't really know about, like they don't really know what highly sensitive people are and um, how to deal kind of just with that kind of specific um, trait. So I'm really excited to talk with you about this today. Thanks so much for making the time. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. All right. So let's get started with maybe tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and what you've been up to today. Uh, so uh, like she said, my name is Diana Eisenmanger and I live in Napa, California. I've been here for a little over three years now. My husband is from Napa and we moved here three years ago and I'm originally from Northwest Iowa and I grew up on a pig farm all of my life and that's always a fun little fact that I like to share with people because it throws people off a little bit. They're like, where'd you, where'd you come from? Mm -hmm. um, and I, uh, yeah, I've just been on this healing journey for, you know, probably seven years now and I'm just really grateful to be where I'm at at this point in my life. I feel like I've grown a lot. I've um, really created a, a life that I I want to live and that's my choosing and I felt like before my healing journey happened um, it was not by my choosing it was by other standards other choice other people's choices and so um, yeah I um, I'm a little curious about this so tell us more about maybe you said that seven years ago you started this healing journey what was the you know, the starting point or what happened in your life that you were like, I need to uh, do something different? It was actually, uh, I like to call it a universal kick in the pants because I, within six months of themselves, I had been in a car accident. I was rear-ended and I was diagnosed with a rare um, skin autoimmune disease. And I also um, took a food sensitivity test to tell me I had 21 different food sensitivities mm -hmm. so I was kind of all over the place my health was really um, bad my energy was really low and um, I had these dreams for myself where I wanted to take my life but I really didn't have the energy to put into that those dreams and so you know the universe <laughs> I feel like gives us signs and that was my sign mm -hmm. where it just like woke me up and was reality like it was a mortality check really it was saying, you know, you're human and, you know, you could be taken any day and live life to the fullest. So I, um, 
intuitively knew that I wanted to heal naturally and holistically and was really just drawn to that world um, initially. You know, I, I went to Western medicine to help me diagnose what was going on with me first mm -hmm. and foremost. But then I reached um, out to like chiropractic care um, initially and then eventually that morphed into a physical therapy that didn't really have the effect that I was hoping it would. And I was drawn to like movement exercises and I eventually found yoga and that then led me to meditation. And then that led me to like energy healing and just mindset belief shifts, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, just uh, being in daily, you know, chronic pain, daily headaches, neck and back pain, um, just low energy and digestion issues. It was just a recipe for disaster, really. So um, I started by, you know, getting my inf in, um, inflammation under control. You know, I used my diet um, to help with that, along with yoga and meditation and supplements. And um, yeah, I, I actually was um, able to heal myself within a year's time. I mean, it was a lot. It was so overwhelming at the time, and I was very much alone in that process. And I remember thinking so many times, like, I wish there was somebody out there that could just help me through what I'm going through and just be there for support and guidance. And um, so eventually that's, that's where I got into health coaching and gut health specifically with health coaching. And I'm also a trained yoga teacher. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's great. And so it sounds like those seven years ago, because you said um, one thing that you said as well was that um, people made decisions for you and then you started to make decisions for yourself. Was that related to health or was it also related to like your career? Um, because I'm a highly sensitive person now that I'm realizing that I gave my power away in a, in a lot of ways to my family members. I was a people pleaser. I, I call myself a recovering people pleaser mm -hmm. <laughs> because I love helping people. I really, really, truly do. And that's what brought me to health coaching and teaching yoga. But it was before I was doing things because others wanted me to, you know, I would drop what I was doing in a you know heartbeat if somebody asked me for help. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I grew up on a farm and there's always something going on on a farm, constantly chores to do. And so I was always feeling like I had to take care of other people before I could take care of myself. So this car accident and the, the autoimmune and such really led me to like taking care of myself for the first time before I was giving um, the care to other people. I was like asking other people I wasn't even asking other people what, for what I needed. I just kind of thought like they would maybe catch on to what I needed and my needs were never really truly met mm -hmm. because I wasn't taking care of myself. So that's, that's, I think what I meant um, mm -hmm. when I said that. Interesting. So. Okay. Okay. So now we've already kind of evolved a little bit around the topic, but um, there's two questions I want to talk with you about. The first thing of course is what is a highly sensitive person? And then the second one is um, when did you learn about HSPs and realize that you were one and that you maybe needed to pay different attention to yourself? Mm. Yeah, so what I've learned 
um, an, a highly sensitive person is what HSP stands for. And it's a type of person who is highly sensitive to their environment. And meaning we're highly responsive or highly adaptive like chameleons. I always felt like I was a chameleon in any circumstance that mm-hmm. um, I was in. And I didn't really understand what that was about me, but I liked it, you know, I like to be able to connect with everybody around me. Um, but I also, that also comes with the burdens of being uh, highly sensitive. It, it truly is a gift I'm realizing now, but before it was, before I understood it, it was less of a gift to me. It was more of like feeling drained emotionally, mm-hmm. regularly and energetically drained and um, being just sensitive. My feelings were hurt really easily as a child, even into high school. I, I was always uh, very quick to cry emotionally, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so back to what a HSP is, um, this amazing book that changed my life, reading it um, is called The Highly Sensitive Person by uh, Elaine Aaron. And she studied HSPs and she found that it's, you know, in 20% of the population. So, you know, the majority of the world is not HSP. And so I'm living in a non-HSP world, um, very confused about trying to be a non-HSP, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, back to what an HSP is, um, she explains in a really beautiful acronym, um, D-O-E-S, does. And that stands for um, depth of processing. So we have a, a we take in everything around us and we have a really deep processing um, ability mm-hmm. and that also means we have a strong intuition doesn't mean it's a perfect intuition but strong intuition so knowing something without exactly knowing um, how we know um, and apparently our brains actually work um, a little bit differently than non-HSPs which is really fascinating I was reading some research studies yesterday um, about it and it, it's super fascinating mm-hmm. um, but yeah we're just we're just really in tune with our inner world with the outer world and the experience of both at the same time so picking up on you know everything and the O stands for overstimulation so um, we can be because we're processing so much, we become overstimulated really easily um, unless we're tapped into our energy and ground ourselves in, um, you know, our strengths and, and know when is enough, when to take time for ourselves, when to, you know, you know, take a break, um, those sorts of things. So, um, yeah. One of the things that I found really interesting when I first heard about HSPs was that everybody has like a different kind of ability. So maybe one person is maybe more overstimulated by hearing more, mm-hmm. like right being more sensitive to noise. Um, another person might be more sensitive to smell or like like sight. So it's basically your five senses can be um you know, can be involved with the HSP trait and it doesn't have to be, can be one, it can be multiple, but oftentimes it's one trait that really sticks out for a person that gets really easily stimulated. Yeah, exactly. And um, that also segues perfectly into what I was going to continue to say is we have, um, like I said, we have a strong intuition typically and also a strong ability to be empathic. 
So we take on, we, we can feel what other people are going through. And not to say that a non-HSP can, right? I believe all humans have the empathic ability, but HSPs have a, a deeper ability to be empathic. And that's what makes us um, so, you know, drawn to taking care of others, helping others. Um, and that also goes to say that that's both positive and negative experiences. So, you know, I personally, I really have a strict um, policy around like violence or like really high action movies or TV. I stay away from it um, like as much as possible because it just, it's too much. It drains my energy really, like really quickly. It's overwhelming to me, overstimulating. Um, and then the, the back to the acronym. So S sensing of the subtleties. So again, we're sensing everything around us and we're picking up on the little things that other people won't necessarily might not notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like what you're saying with the five senses, like some people have really strong sense of um, smell or sight or hearing um, and it can make it really pleasurable or it can make it really, really unpleasurable. Like being in a crowd, like I hate large crowds. Like I don't, I stay away from um, concerts really, unless I can be in the back or seated, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was um, really eye-opening learning all of these different traits and how it, how it is for me and how it is for others is really interesting. Prior to me knowing I was an HSP, I had a lot of clients. Um, come to me and, you know, working with them and then learning that I was an HSP and learning about HSPs. I'm like, oh my gosh, like most of my clients are HSPs. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, like attracts like in that, that way. So yeah, I love meeting um, people who have those, those qualities and you can be on the spectrum of HSP too. You could have like one or two traits of an HSP, but they're really, really, really strong. Or you could have all, um, you know, all of the different, not all, but a lot of the different characteristics Mm -hmm. and the HSP too. So, yeah. 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 I think it's super interesting. I actually learned about it the first time in a podcast as well, um, a a German podcast that I'm following. And when I listened to the podcast and I had, that was the first time I heard about HSPs, I was like, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) so much sense. Like now I understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And I've never heard this before. And it's really clicked with me and it's made a big difference to create awareness around you know, that I am an HSP, of course, and then how I can adjust to that. And for me, it's actually um, hearing. So I'm really, really sensitive Mm -hmm. to noise and I needed to be really quiet at night in order to kind of reset. Um, Because as soon as there's a noise, as little as it is, I can hear it and it drives me crazy. And I also need more sleep or I think maybe Mm -hmm. HSPs in general, I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but I think I sometimes feel like I need more sleep in order to really, um, you know, that overstimulation, just kind of decrease that overstimulation again and get back to kind of my normal levels. Yes, I completely agree. HSPs definitely need more sleep. Um, I found that like nine hours, although it sounds like a lot, nine hours is kind of my my general guideline. I try to get at, at least that much um, regularly. 
Um, it also depends on time of the month and, you know, what's going on in my life. Um, and we, because we process so much, we, we need more downtime, more rest. And I, that's also something that I've embraced because I used to think, you know, only seven and a half hours of sleep, that's all I need, you know, go, go, go. And mm -hmm. it's the very like masculine, um, side of things. And I wasn't necessarily embracing the feminine side in, um, me. And the more I embraced rest and downtime and alone time, especially, um, that's a big one for HSPs is alone time. Just like having no outside stimulation, no, nobody else to think about, deal with, um, be around um, is so, so important to sustaining our energy. And, and that's really, I feel like in my life is all about learning how to manage my energy. Mm -hmm. Because I, 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 I like in HSPs, um, like having a really sensitive battery inside of us mm -hmm. and it can become drained really easily or, in, and it can also be refilled, recharged really quickly, um, with the right, um, sort of activities. Yeah. So. Hmm. And do you know, I'm sure a lot of people might be listening now and thinking, Okay, so I get now what an HSP is, right? There is research, as you mentioned, that says that 20% are HSPs. And I think there's actually, they proved as well that there's something in the brain um, for HSPs where they have that more like that overstimulating kind of sense. Um, do you know what the difference is to introverts? So HSPs are not equal to introverts, right? There's, for example, also extroverted HSPs, I think 30 or 40% or something like that. What is maybe the main trait difference or something do you know um so there is definitely a difference like you said that th there can be extroverted hsps as well um i personally as am an introverted hsp and so that the introversion meaning i i get energy from being alone and from solitude and quiet relaxing activities and not being around other people and not to say that being around other people doesn't give me energy because it does certain types of people mm -hmm. I'm really drawn to and will give me energy you know working with clients one-on-one -on -one sorts of things or even small groups but um or you know loving friends um but it's more like quality not quantity and I feel like extroverts you know well extroverts gain their energy from being around others and talking and yeah. being you know extroverted right yeah, exactly. so it, it it is different it it's similar in some ways but it's it's definitely different mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah i think it's more the social piece so you actually said that i think it's more the social piece for introverts extroverts of like how do you regain energy versus hsp talks really more to that trait characteristic of your senses and how um, sensitive they are based on based on the trait right and then exactly. you're more sensitive to noise or more sensitive to hearing but you could still be an extrovert for example exactly exactly it's the it's all about this the stimuli in your environment that you're picking up on as an hsp mm -hmm. for sure yeah and so i wanted to talk with you today a little bit about how um HSBs can become peak performers or sustain their performance because I think you already mentioned it multiple times, right? Um, 
there's definitely more things that you need to be aware of when you are an HSP. So what are things that have really helped for you and that you might also recommend to your clients nowadays? Uh, so understanding that you are an HSP first and foremost, and you know, there's, there's um, quizzes out there and I actually created one, which I can, you know, share the link yeah, with you and, and yeah. let your um, listeners take it. Um, but first and foremost, awareness, just knowing that, that you are an HSP or on the spectrum and knowing what gives, like understanding what gives you energy and also what drains your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're sensitive to, just, just awareness in general. You know, our, our teachers that we um, went to teacher training with, they, they talked about how awareness heals. And that has stuck with me ever since that training. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just speaks volumes for, for me specifically. Um, because when you're aware, you can, you know, take action in those areas of your life. So once you're aware, what gives, your, give you, gives you energy and what's draining your energy, you can then um, shift things in your lifestyle, in the foods that you're eat, eating, the environment that you're in, the people you're around, those sorts of things. Um, and it's all about taking small actions, small daily actions is mm-hmm. preferable um, to then add up to those bigger lifestyle changes, those bitter, bigger um, changes in your life. And then what I teach my clients is the next step from awareness is all about intention. So creating an intention of, I am going to take a break. You know, I'm working for the next hour. I need to take a 20 minute break. I need to go outside, be in nature or listen to soothing music or, you know, whatever it is that is going to help you um, recoup your energy. Um, and this, this mantra that I, I love so much, it's where my attention goes, energy flows. Mm-hmm. And that just, that just feeds this, um, this intention, right, of putting my attention, my awareness into um, taking care of my energy so mm-hmm. I can manage it throughout the day so I don't feel exhausted and drained as often. You know, there's going to be times where you're, you become um, extremely exhausted, like having a big, um, you know, you were traveling and you want to see all the sights and you're so excited. You love it. You're in it. You're, um, you're enjoying yourself. But at the end of the day, your chances are like for me, I would be exhausted and would not be ready to go out at, at night. I would need to stay in and just like relax. My college self, my high school self would not have done that. And I would have just like pushed through and I would have been miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, so my 32 year old self now, know, knowing this about me can, you know, take time for myself, knowing that that is going to help my energy for the following day um, and be more consistent in my everyday life and my goals, um, which is, which is what I think peak performance would be is reaching the goals that you're setting for yourself, whether they're small or large goals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last piece to that is action. So which creates clarity. It's just taking action. Um, and I talk about taking one action, like before um, I was finding, you know, I, I would have clients create three actions, like a minimum of three. And then I felt like they weren't getting anywhere because they were overwhelmed with too many things to do. Mm-hmm. So the more we can dial it into the one thing, what's the one thing that's going to help you feel 
the best that you can be in in that moment for that day for that activity whatever you're doing um creating that intention and then taking the action that helps you get there so that might that action might be taking that break after that hour of working or even two hours of working or being in the large group setting you go outside and be completely by yourself mm -hmm. so yeah it's really interesting and how long do you usually have your clients do that one goal before maybe adding something else to their plate um it kind of it honestly depends on the person um it depends on their goal and what it is uh but i i I try to have them do it for at least 30 days for a month um, okay. consistently. Uh, technically, to really, I've heard all sorts of, I've heard 30 days, I've heard 66 days, I've heard 90 days for, for creating a habit. Yeah. So I feel like the sweet spot might be like about 60 days. And I work with clients um, between three months and six months depending on what's um what's going on for them but um i feel like you know 60 i feel like the last time i heard some research around habit um creation was about 66 days so um <laughs> give or yeah. take uh yeah. again it just kind of depends on the person but again it goes back to that daily small actions it's not about how big you can make it it's not how long you can make it like if you've never meditated before and you want to try you know start out with literally meditating for one minute mm -hmm. try it for a day and then try it for the week and then reevaluate if you were able to do it you know seven days a week then maybe adjust accordingly two minutes for the next week and so forth mm -hmm. and that's how you build on goals um, or even 30 seconds, really, or taking five deep breaths, like mm -hmm. literally starting as small as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And, you know, you told us a little bit about your health journey as well at the beginning. Do you feel like how do you feel like that was related with the HSP trade as well? Yes, that's a really good question. I absolutely believe that. Um, and this is not only for me, this is, has been for past clients, current clients who are struggling with digestion, mm -hmm. uh, because we are taking in everything and we're not necessarily understanding our energy, um, what's taking from our energy, what, what gives us energy, we have a higher tendency of becoming more stressed more easily or overstimulated more easy. Mm -hmm. um, and so that can lead to you know, indigestion, digestion problems in general, um, You know, I I was actually as a baby I was sensitive to antibiotics, mm -hmm. and I was sensitive like I was like sensitive just as a child around like friends. I would get my feelings hurt really easily, and those emotions really stuck with me. And I, I think that my digestive issues came from my inability to digest life with ease, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So I think that there, it was all correlated, like the, just being on, you know, overly stimulated and, you know, high stressed then creates inflammation in the body. And I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease mm -hmm. and the digestion issues, you know, health starts in the gut. Mm -hmm. And when we start to get that inflammation under control in the gut, everything else just kind of calms down and you can find more clarity, the more, you know, less stressed you are and so forth. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely believe that there is a correlation. Yeah. And you said something else um, that I found really interesting. So you said that, you know, your emotions and feelings were always really easily hurt. How is that today? And how did you figure that out? Oh my gosh. <laughs> This has been a process for me and it's ongoing. It's something that I think that I will always um, work, be working through. Mm-hmm. And I really, really noticed this I, I, I had more awareness around it when I was teaching yoga. Mm-hmm. I was, I started teaching daily um, classes and, you know, I love, I love teaching. I love helping people heal. And I realized that, you know, I would pick up on people's faces, you know, when you're doing yoga and you just have like, yeah. you just have an angry face sometimes, like it happens and you're doing hard things that you get it. But like, I was like taking it personally. I was like, oh my gosh, they hate my classes. They don't, they're never going to come back. And I was like having this story in my head that my students hated my classes. And I was like, people keep coming back. My classes are growing, Diana. Like those stories don't align. And I was like, I realized that that was a story that I had created because of my sensitivity, because I am that, you know, I want to please people. I want to, I want to help. Um, and, and also HSPs, we tend to have a lower self-esteem because we pick up on other people's emotions. Um, not everybody. And it also depends on your, you know, how you grew up. But mm-hmm. me personally, I, I definitely grew up with low self-esteem and low, low, like self-confidence. And as I became healthier, more confidence came. I felt more at ease in my body, more, you know, more energized. And, and then starting to teach really was the push for me to say, you know, this is a story you've created that's untrue. And Mm -hmm. now I can create a new story that I do believe that is reaffirming to who I am now today. And, and that is something that I'm dealing with, like being married, you know, it's a mirror. When you, when you're in a relationship, you have a mirror held up to you Mm -hmm. and I get triggered you know, around, um, you know, he might say something that I feel is insensitive, even though that wasn't his intention. Mm -hmm. But because I pick up on those subtleties, and I have a deep processing ability, I overthink things, Mm -hmm. and then create this story. And so I have to like, really dial that back in. And I, I realize I do that more when I'm not grounded in myself. I'm not doing my practices. I'm not taking care of myself by eating healthy. I'm not exercising or I'm, you know, all of the rituals, the practices that I know feed me in a nourishing way that help me with my energy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really, that's great. I think that's really helpful for people to hear. And I actually love your approach of awareness, intention, and then action, because you can apply it in anything in your life, right? Like when you create awareness around your feelings and being sensitive around that, then you set an intention and then you need to get into action to start making these little changes. So that's actually a really good, uh, a good tool, cool, cool, cool tool to have. Um, do you have any um, morning routines or rituals that you do in order to kind of set yourself up for success in the morning? Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. And I'm like getting goosebumps just thinking about it. because it's like my favorite thing to do and full transparency. I was traveling the last 10 days. So I, my routine, it gets 
a little bit messed up and uh, just not doing normal things. So I didn't get to do my morning routine like I normally like to um, when I'm at home. And you can, I, I could feel my energy shift when I got home and was able to do my practices again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say I didn't do some of the practices, but my my typical morning routine is, you know, to wake up um, early. I like to wake up early and just start the day with immediately drinking water because that's going to help me um, just rehydrate from the night before and also helps me, you know, go to the bathroom. (laughs) And then I like to um, walk. I go on a walk with my husband. We walk um, the dog and, and then I actually shifted away from coffee just probably four months ago. I was realizing that coffee was really making me feel anxious and um, overstimulated. And so I shifted to cacao, which has has way, way less caffeine. And it's been an incredible change for me. And it's my favorite uh, ritual to make my cacao drink. And then I'll go do do my journaling. I'll I'll journal my dreams, which... HSPs tend to have really vivid dreams as well, uh, which has been a really fun practice for me to um, to journal them and and just see all of the the different uh, connections that you can make through dream processing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I with my dreams, I then journal my intentions for the day, just like all the things that I want to do, and really just prioritize the things that I I want to get done for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kundalini, I've been doing a kundalini practice, uh, which has been a, a godsend. It's really my favorite part of my morning routine. Um, energetically, it just like uplifts me and it, it really feels cleansing and um, grounding too at the same time. What does that look um, like? Is that a breathing? Like, can you explain that? Is it a breathing? Yeah. Or? Yeah, so kundalini, the practice that I do is very, it's a basic warm-up practice to start out with, um, and it, it's very quick breathing. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can, I, it's like those sorts of um, breaths along with certain movements, like um, shoulder shrugs and drops. Um, you can do twists doing that, um, even like a cat cow doing the, that quick breathing. And it doesn't have to necessarily be as quick as I just did. It can be slower or it can be even faster, just depending on how you're feeling and um, such. But um, I've been practicing Kundalini for now, probably since last March, I started practicing it regularly. And it's been a really big game changer for me um, as far as my energy goes. Um, just having consistent energy. And and then I, I like to do vinyasa, just like move my body, some salutations sorts of things. Um, or I'll do like a yoga glow class um, or like dancing or trampoline. I kind of, I like to leave my morning routine a little flowy and um, there for interpretation, however I'm feeling in the time. Some people might like really like disciplined morning routines, which I used to like. Um, but I've kind of fallen away from that as I've embraced more of my feminine, like fluid side, <laughs> if you will. Side, yeah. And, um, that sounds like a lot. So I'm sure a lot of people might be wondering how long does it take you to do all of these different things? How much time do you account for that in the morning? That actually is a lot. <laughs> I'm like 
thing I love. Those are all my favorite things to do. I don't necessarily do them all um, for as long as I'd like. Like some days I do give myself like a full two hours to do mm -hmm. all of that. And mm -hmm. some days I have an hour or even a half an hour. If I have in a half an hour, I'll wake up, drink water, cacao, journal, like three things I'm grateful for and do, you know, a quick 15 minute yoga practice. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's that. So yeah. it kind of just depends on the day, but if I have the time, I will absolutely do all of it. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. That's really helpful because I think a lot of people always think of oh, how am I supposed to do all of these different things, but it's all about planning, right? It's all about getting to bed at a good time and then waking up mm -hmm. earlier in order to have time to do all of these different things. I love my morning routine as well. So yeah. Awesome. Do you have, besides the book that you already mentioned earlier, The Highly Sensitive Person, do you have any other books that maybe are related to the topic or maybe totally unrelated that you feel like changed how you think about your life? Um, the one that came to mind was The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. Mm -hmm. And that was eye-opening. Just the power of our mind in and of itself, we, we use like, I don't even know what the percentage is, but a very small per percentage of our mind power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you, if you think about, you know, intention, it's all about what we believe is true, you know, shifting our beliefs and then we're shifting our thoughts and emotions and then we're shifting our words and actions. And then we're literally shifting our reality to what we believe. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we believe that the world is a, a scary, dark, um, fearful place, then ultimately that's the reality that's going to be created. Mm -hmm. And then the opposite is also true. If you create like an easeful um, life um, and a, an, uh, an expansive life, if you will, um, those sorts of things are going to show up in your life just, just because that's how the world works. That's how energy works, right? Mm -hmm. Like attracts like. So the power of your subconscious mind by Joseph Murphy was, um, it's one of my favorite books and I try to listen to it uh, regularly. And as I'm saying that it's, it's time to listen to it again. Nice. Okay, good. So we yeah. got a goal for you as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, great. And how can people reach out to you or connect with you if they want to follow your journey or maybe get even coaching from you? Uh, totally. So my website is my name, dianaeisenminger.com. And, you know, I'd love to have you on my newsletter, connect that way. Otherwise, I'm on Instagram at Diana underscore Eisenminger as well. Um, and those are my two main um, places that they can reach out um, on my website. You know, my email is there that they connect, can connect um, there. And yeah, I would love to connect with whoever is interested in yeah, learning more. That sounds great. I will yeah. make sure to put all of the details in the show notes and also send me that link for the assessment if people are in HSB. Yeah. I think a lot of people might be curious to do that. So um, that will be sure. really wonderful. For sure. Awesome. Totally. Have we talked about everything, Deanna? Have we covered all of the things that we wanted to talk about? Yeah, I, I really think we did. We I feel like this conversation went so well and so easeful and that was my intention for, awesome. for this morning. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no, this is, it's really such a fascinating topic and I think 
hopefully, you know, some people will listen to this podcast episode and think I'm also an HSP and now can work more with that trait um, and be really clear on what they need to do in order to uh, manage their energy levels. Because it's so funny for me always that it goes always back to just this really simple thing of you need to practice basically self-care and you need to know what's mm. good for you and what's not good for you and how you get your energy drained and how you fuel your energy. But yeah, I think we cannot talk enough about it because people still need to learn it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And one last thing I will add about being HSP and, you know, the journey of learning who I am as an individual is all about self-trust and, and trusting that you know, trusting my intuition, trusting that I am capable of being strong and um, disciplined too. You know, as an HSP, we have this um, this tainted view that being sensitive is actually a negative thing mm -hmm. and feeling your feelings is not a good thing to do because, you know, you're just emotional, overly emotional. But if we're connecting to that part of ourselves and having awareness and creating intention around it being a gift rather than a detriment, um, it can be so like life giving yeah. and so exciting. And, and that's, that's, I feel like I'm on this mission as, you know, a gut health coach to help HSPs like embrace that part of themselves because it's so important. If there's only 20% of the population that that is HSP, then we need to find them and help them support them. And so they can support themselves ultimately yeah. taking care of themselves better. So, Oh, I'm so glad. Themselves. Yeah. That. Because especially I feel like in the corporate world as well, right? All of these traits mm. like that sensitivity is always seen a little bit as a weakness. So mm. making making like turning basically your mindset around and thinking about it as your strength and how you can apply that um, in that context uh, from a power perspective, I think is a really cool way to look at it. So I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Yeah, I have goosebumps. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Diana. It was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And um, yeah, I hope that people will reach out to you and talk with you and follow your journey as well. Thank you. Mm, thank you so much. This is so much fun. I really appreciate it being on here with you. Yeah. My pleasure.